Hey girls, uh, it's Kevin, and welcome back to another episode of A Tiny Revolution, a podcast about ordinary folks living revolutionary lives. This is episode 151, and I'm recording at my co-working space outside in the delicious summer, like early morning um, in Atlanta, so it's like around 75 degrees. So you probably hear a little bit of background noise, you probably hear some traffic behind me, and I really don't care because you know what? I'm comfortable. And... <laughs> That's what that's what I I, I, t- I try to give you. I try to like bring you into the comfort of my living room. I am trying to get like more, um, what is it, consistent in my work, which like so I'm trying to have these podcasts out on Tuesdays. But you know, sometimes you accidentally sleep through your alarm and your whole day goes around. You know what I'm saying? So you're getting it on a Wednesday, and I'm not going to anthropologize for that today on the podcast. Um, well, actually, before I get to that, before I tell you about my guest. I want to make sure that you know that Wonderfully Made is coming to Atlanta, my hometown where I'm currently living, and we're doing it at my home church at Park Ave Baptist Church, um, which is one of the oldest congregations or like at least oldest buildings or congregations, probably only like five or six years old, at least this iteration of it. Either way, my friends Jamie Lee Finch, who you heard on the last podcast, are going to be there, and my friend Andre Henry is going to be there, and someone you probably have never heard of before, but you will. His name is Keith Menhinnick. He is one of my best friends in the whole world. He's a queer chaplain and activist here in Atlanta, and um, he's getting his PhD in queer um, pastoral care. Um, so just imagine a whole night of, of someone like me and Jamie Lee Finch and Andre Henry and Keith Menhinnick like, having these conversations about wonder. It's not going to be something you want to miss, bitch. So get your tickets. Go to thekevingarcia.com slash tour. And you can find all the stuff there as well as if you just like click the link in my bio um, to my link tree. All of the links are there. Get it done. On top of that, by the time this goes live, um, we're going to be doing a little sale on some merch. So if you want to get like, you know, free shipping and also maybe an additional 15% off on your order, you can just go over to thekevingarcia.com slash merch and get something cute for yourself, you know? Um, I'm trying to come up with some new uh, some new designs, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, okay, I think that's everything. Oh, one more thing. If you have not already uh, and you're interested, I think you should come over and be a part of the Patreon community. Not because I need you to like help me pay my bills. That is part of it, won't lie. But the thing I'm realizing more than anything right now is that this is the community I'm here to take care of. These are the people who have come in and said, okay, I want to heal, I want to do the work, I want to build community together. Last night, we had a really wonderful conversation about the new uh, Netflix documentary, Pray Away, which details what happened and the genesis of the Exodus International ex-gay movement. And um, it was a really wonderful, beautiful time of processing. And it just clicked with me and said, oh, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what I'm supposed to be focusing on. My people right here. And not trying to overcomplicate it. So I just really feel this delightful and delicious sense of, um, I don't know. I have. I feel like I've got a, a focus. Another. I don't know. I feel refocused maybe is a better term. But either way, um, it was a really beautiful time. And I'm really so thankful for everybody who showed up for that conversation with vulnerability and saying, hey, this fucking triggered me. Or... You know, this was really enlightening and also this was really scary and also like, I don't know what to do with this. And we just held space for the pain and space for the frustration and space for ourselves. And then we ended with a little bit of meditation and it was just so perfect. So if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, 
I invite you to go to patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia, join the community. And we're going to continue to have like these community events where we just have time to process and talk and connect more. Um, I'm bringing back Saturday church, um, which is something I thought about. So, you know, tune in, you know, check out my, my social media for that. Anyways, that's my little heartfelt pitch. I hope you'll come hang out with us, not only because it does help support this work that I'm doing here, but it also is super beneficial for the people who are part of it. We have over 180 people who are currently a part of the spiritual reformation community, and you can be a part of that too. It's just 11 to 33 bucks a month. All right, Finn, done with that little commercial. Um, okay, so today I'm talking with um, somebody who is truly like one of the coolest people on the internet, I think, and one of like, uh, you'll you'll understand why in just a minute, but his name is Joel Daniels, AKA Joel Leon. Um, he is a performer, an author, a storyteller who writes and tells stories for black people. Born and raised in the Bronx, Joel specializes in moderating and leading conversations surrounding race, masculinity, mental health, creativity, and the performing arts, with a love at the center of his work and purpose. He is an F.H. LaGuardia High School graduate, performing arts alum, winner of the Bronx Council of the Arts, Brio Award in Poetry, and is the author of the book, uh, is author of, quote, book about things I tell, sorry, I have to start that over. He's the author of the book called, book about things I will tell my daughter, and God Wears Do-Rags Too, published by Bottle Cap Press. He's got a TED Talk out there. He's been viewed over 1 million times globally. Uh, he's worked with Gates Foundation, Nike, Twitter, HBO, and has been featured on the Today Show, Insider, Columbia Journal, BBC News, Sirius, XM, Forbes, Medium, Philadelphia, Printworks, Blavity, and the Huffington Post. Oh, it is my favorite thing when I can get through all of those things in one breath. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's so stupid. Anyways, Joel lives in Brooklyn, and he's the father to Lila and West. I hope I pronounced um, your child's name correctly, so I apologize if I didn't, Joel. Anyways. Please give a warm welcome, grab yourself something to drink, and share this with a friend. This is my conversation with Joelle Leon. You know, like, you know, 11 years ago, she wasn't cool with me being gay. So like, you know, things change. Growth. Yes. Growth. Well, where are you? Where are you, Kevin? I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, oh, I've been here nice. for about, this will be my sixth summer here. Oh wow! So you've been there. So at this point, you're 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 George. What is it? Georgian? A, George, Georgian? a Georgian and it, a Georgian and then an Atlantan. Yeah, and and an Atlantan. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I like it. Um, it really has become second home, or like truly That's home awesome. for me. Like because yeah. before I was like drifting out of in and out of like missionary Christian circles and mm -hmm. uh, landed in dope ass queer community here in Atlanta, and everything's just been up and. Well, you know, life is all this, but just like I will <laughs> yeah, say yeah, on yeah. the personal level, I feel better with every passing year. That's that um, is that which is the most important. Yeah. Which, so I, I love that. That's awesome. real quick. Can I ask, how do you pronounce your name? Yeah. yeah. So so it's Joel. Same, same as if he was saying Noel, like the, mm -hmm. like the like the Christmas song. Um, I will, I will not Joel. sing it because I'm sure everyone does that as soon as you do it. Yeah. People used to people don't do it as much. I think as, as I've gotten older um, and it's not as, as cute. Yeah, and as people has grown as adults, adults tend to to not do it. Children, um, definitely do. Um, mm. Adults, though, I think we've gotten better. You know, early twenties, definitely for sure. But like uh, late thirties, upper thirties, people are pretty much like, oh, okay. Most people actually ignore 
the complete like Noel comparison and just go zoom right in on like how to pronounce the name. Well, called. that's good. That's progress yeah. for sure. And, exactly. Um, what's the worst way that someone's tried to pronounce your name though? Like when they've mispronounced it? I mean, normally people always pronounce it Joel, you know, because mm. like, I mean, in, in, in Hebrew, right? Like that's, that's mm-hmm. the, the, the enunciation, but my mom is West Indian. Most Caribbean folks pronounce it as Joel. Or if they do, they spell it differently. So it'd be like J-O-E-L-L-E, which is why, I mean, I added the accent on there. So I feel bad when people mm. add it as well, because it's not actually there. I did it because it's like I needed people to understand there was a different way to pronounce the name besides mm. Joel. Um, I mean, I think that's totally fine. I um, yeah. I changed my middle name. Uh, so I'm mixed race. I'm like Mexican yeah. and then Scottish. Yeah. And uh, I added I, my middle, my legal middle name is Michael, but I've been calling yeah. myself Kevin Miguel Garcia. Um, mm. When I learned about that and started reconnecting with my heritage, um, just as like that. a little signal to other people, it was like, yeah, he, you know, they, she looked like a white girl, but not, you know, <laughs> but clock the lips. There's something different there. <laughs> you see? Yeah, it's a twist. And I will say, like, my favorite thing um, ever is. Whenever I go, like, I love, you know, you remember when we went out dancing? Did, are you a dancer? Do you enjoy going out dancing? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, you mean, like, a, when we go going out dancing back in the day before, like, the pandemic? Yeah. Right, soon and very it. soon. Cool. Joe Biden says, if I'm vaccinated, I can I can boogie again. He's yesterday. Yeah. Right now. So, uh, after after this, I'm actually, I was like, my mom's like, you can't come in town this weekend, mom. It's, I'm ready to be a slut again, okay? <laughs> this um, is the time. This anyways. is the time. Yeah, uh, but there's a there's a place that uh, live salsa music every Friday night. Great band, nice. And yeah. the way that I was moving, a guy just came up and started talking Spanish to me. And unfortunately, my dad was in the military. We didn't get to do that. I'm yeah. like, I don't speak Spanish that well. And he's like, Oh, but like you move like like yeah. like us. I'm like, Well, that's because. And it's like, <laughs> so I was like, I'm so glad that it's still visible in some small way. You know, there's a part of it. It's part. It lives in you. Mm. Kevin, so that's all that matters. That's yeah. all that matters. You know, Anyways, yourself, yeah. Let me not talk about me. I want to talk about you, Joel, because <laughs> you are such an interesting human. Uh, you're. I, I feel like, and I'm, I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass. You're an inc- <laughs> like the way that you approach your platform. I'm taking notes because uh, Kevin, thank you. You've got just like. Let's pause. For anyone who doesn't know who you are, how would you introduce yourself? Let's start there. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, for, for lack of a, a better word, um, and, and thank you for, for that kind, for those mm. kind words, Kevin. Um, I'm, a, I'm a storyteller, you know, so and who was reared and groomed in the performing arts. Um, so like, whether that be rapping, whether that be spoken word, slam, slam poetry. Um, and uh, that kind of allowed me the opportunity to be a writer and, and, and to, to, to share my words and my work with the world. Um, but yeah, I'm a storyteller. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little hood booger from the Bronx. Who's a girl dad, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, that's a, the, the best way, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like those are the things that I lean into the most. My, my, my art, my, 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 my Bronxness and, and, and my fatherhood, I think for the most part, mm-hmm. you know? And the kind of thing, like the kind of things you share uh, through your social media, especially like Twitter, like your Twitter and Instagram is everything to me. <laughs> thank you. Thank and you, it thank is really you, because like you, I feel like are giving these, you, you write beautiful poetry 
Thank for you. people. Yeah. And it allows people, and I think especially like your work, you're like, you're like creating it for, I would assume like mostly black audiences Correct. to yeah. say, to say like, Hey, like, you know, yes, we got to be strong. Yes. We got to be like, your healing is still so is not optional. You have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, I mean, I mean, the work for me is it's been transformative for me. And I think that's where the process started with me sharing like affirmations on social um, and I mean, they, they are, I mean, they are affirmations because they are in and as active of, uh, as they can be in the sense of the word. Like I am trying to affirm people and affirm spirits, but mm-hmm. it really, they're, they're my thoughts. It's like things that, that, that I'm thinking generally on a whim. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it feels, it feels resonant enough for me to share because if it's resonating, if the thought and the way that the thought is translated onto social resonates for me, yes. then the assumption I think I have is that it's probably going to resonate to somebody else because we're all interconnected. You know, that mm-hmm. interconnectivity, I think, lives very much on social. Like we see it happen all the time. I think sometimes we're just mm-hmm. not aware of it because we're so busy being social and being on social. And so right. for me, it's been, um, the social media is just another opportunity to utilize a platform to try to convey a message, you know, whether that message is, you know, black liberation or Palestinian liberation mm-hmm. or, you know, queer tra- transgender liberation, whether it's, you know, like a conversation about homelessness or poverty or healing or joy. For me, it's, it's, I, I, I'm, I'm a human being. So for me, it's about, expressing the 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 need for more humanity and compassion across those mm-hmm. uh, across those intersections um and trying to and use, and utilize the social media as a tool as another mm-hmm. tool in the toolbox yeah. in order to do that you know i think that's what is so wonder i like what i've loved about kind of growing up in is that do you mind if i ask how old you are of course not. no i'm 38 okay i'm 30 one god i almost forgot i'm like wait um, <laughs> it gets it gets worse kevin you start, that's you what start they tell me. well it's like yeah, everything yeah, yeah, is yeah. like after 30 everything just became a blur so i'm just like yeah whatever yeah it gets a little more blurry but then it starts getting really clear Ugh. i mean granted or it could be really clear forever but i know for me it was real real mm. murky real blurry and then it got really super clear mm. um towards like cult like probably won't say with the last two years or so but continue you were saying no no t- tell me more about that what was it about the past two years that caused you to get so clear on your vision i think i started letting go more of what i thought i was supposed to or needed to be supposed um, to yes. you know like coulda woulda shouldas um there they were a lot of those i think that i was living through mm-hmm. as a means to i, I mean cope and i think the pain it's <laughs> interestingly enough um a lot of the time i was spending especially in these past two years have been primarily around um, helping others process grief, right? Because I think mm. a thing that I was very adamant about um, and very early on, I think during the pandemic was recognizing how much we were all suffering and grieving to a certain mm. extent. Like, yeah, we were losing people, which was, I think, fundamentally the most important part of that. But I think at the end of the day, we were losing jobs, we were losing sources of income, we were losing relationships, mm. we were losing our sense of community. Like there were things that we were losing that we hadn't yet learned how to unpack or process. And a lot of us didn't have the language. And me for one had been grieving uh, for a large portion of my life. And so, um, but grieving in a way of recognizing that there's joy and opportunity within that grief. And so 
for all the things that I lost, I had been able to process that and a lot of people hadn't gotten there yet. And so mm-hmm. I was, I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't like the term, but like I was fortunate enough to be in a position of, to, to, to be able to help guide people through that to a certain right. extent. And I think going through that process allowed me to get closer to my purpose. You know, mm-hmm. my, my mission has always been utilizing essentially, whether I knew it or not, but utilizing my art in order to decolonize um, mm-hmm. and, and help those who are oppressed um, and marginalized communities who are oppressed and using my work in order to do so. And I, um, the past two years was really much, very much a reckoning because I realized right. so much of that oppression was not just of the political, but of very much the spiritual. And like, how mm-hmm. does those, how do, how are those two things interconnected? Right. Um, and recognizing, you know, it came, became very clear for me that like um, black, black and brown, BIPOC, LGBTQIA liberation, as much mm-hmm. as it is about policy, as much as it is about voting or not voting or abolition or whatever, what have you, we're not doing the internal healing needed in order to ensure mm-hmm. that we're creating brave spaces for all those involved. Hello. You know, you, you, you have a Lori Lightfoot who's a, who, who like identifies as a queer woman, but who's very much an oppressor, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're- a You got your Caitlyn Jenner's not, out here who's saying that, you know, trans girls can't participate in women's sports. Like, even, even though she herself has participated in a women's golf tournament, but- It makes it, it, it's dumbfounding, but, but at the same time, we're looking at folks who are not looking at ways to unpack trauma their own oppression, internal um, oppression. And if we don't do that, we're just going to have a bunch of people who essentially are abolishing the police, but are not abolishing, like abolishing mm. the, the, the oppression within that's Hello. keeping them wow. from engaging with each other in a way that's healthy and safe, mm-hmm. you know? And so for me, it was like a lot of the two years has, has been processing that. And mm-hmm. my work has allowed me to do that. And I think what it's done is it's helped move me forward. In, in the conversation, um, which was, if I'm being honest, was always the goal for me. Right. Like I knew I didn't, I knew there was more, there's always more. And there's even more now, like there's another level that I'm expecting to go with the work. I don't know where that is, but I'm mm-hmm. open to it. But the past two years have allowed me to kind of see yeah. more clearly how to get there and what that, what that entails, for me, you know? Yes. I, what you said about, you know, we'll have a lot of people abolishing the police, but we won't they have like, you know, abolishing the internal oppression that they have. Yeah, and that yeah. to me is key. It's a lot of things, I come from uh, evangelical spaces. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. a lot of my audience is white folks who are deconstructing. And um, yeah. uh, recently it's kind of skewed more like queer queer femmes and non-binary mm-hmm. folks, which is very exciting to me. It's yeah, like, ah, it's my cool. people are finding me. This is great. <laughs> That's but so it, cool. what I notice a lot in, um, especially uh, queer spaces, especially queer faith spaces that have been around forever, and I'm going to just say queer Christian spaces especially, mm, yeah. is that, you know, I'll say like when I first came out, I was still a fundamentalist in every single way except for it's mm. cool to be gay um, until someone pointed out to me my own heritage and I had to start mm. picking back those layers. Um because a lot of people, like you, you are correct. People to address all things, not not just like you know this one thing that you had. Oh, I can't get married in the church because I'm gay and Christian, but just like 
uh, my trans friends can't get healthcare or my black friends are getting mm-hmm. shot. You know, like it doesn't yeah. get past this initial thing that kind of like, it's, you know, it's, it's a proximity to white privilege and the mythical norm. The closer you are mm-hmm. to like cishet white male, yeah. um, especially for gay white men, like mm-hmm. they can bypass all of these things yeah. and they don't realize, yeah. Yeah. you know, you're not even doing something in your own interest, right? <laughs> that's yeah. what that's what blows my mind yeah. is like how yeah yeah you know yeah. as drake once said you ca- i can't see it because the money's in the way <laughs> i mean yeah capitalism at its finest and i think part of mm-hmm. that i'm trying to get the lighting here too the lighting it's, it's am i coming to- in clear you're coming in clear yeah okay a, cool. i can see your beautiful smile and let's do it <laughs> okay, thank you i, I think i mean <laughs> I, what I what I worry about is like, and I see it happen often when I bring up Lori Lightfoot. I think of how easy it is for us to think that marginalized communities cannot oppress each other, and Hello. it happens. It happens in the black community, um, mm-hmm. and patriarchy, like patriarchy, plays a role in that. Of course, white supremacy as well. But I think, mm-hmm. and I was actually having a conversation with a very good friend of mine about this yesterday because I was talking about Buddhism, the practice of Buddhism, and mm-hmm. the idea of detachment and detaching ourselves from mm-hmm. identities and, and a version of self, right? Because right. we so easily define ourselves as Joel the Black man, or, you know. By these bodies that we're in. Right, like these physical things, these vessels that we do not stay in forever at all. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're very finite. And um, having to reckon with that and say like, I'm more than Joel the father, Joel the partner, Joel the artist, and mm-hmm. who am I if I'm not those things? Which is a very scary mm-hmm. concept for a lot of folks. Like, right. who am I if I'm not an activist, right? Like, who right. am I if I'm not, re- like, who am I if I'm not working all the time? These are the things oh, that we shit, generally yeah. don't ask ourselves. And like, I have to ask myself that because I may work I love work, like work is what I do. And so having to create space and energy and time that is not about me physically working and mm-hmm. creating the thing and resting and stillness is a practice. That's also part of my practice. But yeah. knowing that I see it happen in spaces at times from our own marginalized people who are not doing the spiritual work needed to unpack things. So mm-hmm. we're showing up and we're protesting, but we're still cursing cursing out our children or we're still i don't know like not taking care of our community in the fundamental ways of like recycling or lowering our carbon footprint like there are things that we don't generally pay attention to a because we don't have the 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 flexibility of time as marginalized people Mm -hmm. or energy because our bodies are have been commodified by capitalism and work and and Mm -hmm. all these other things at the same time what i realized is that we have a choice unless of course you do suffer from some kind of um, mental health disorder that's preventing you from doing so. So if you are bipolar Mm -hmm. or if you have ADHD or mood disorder or Mm -hmm. things that will make it more difficult for you to actually genuinely decide on your own to make a conscientious decision about how you're gonna show up for your joy or your healing or whatever. Outside Mm -hmm. of those things, like we have a choice every single day and we choose choose differently sometimes. Like the the gif that Mm -hmm. I've been, the not even really the gif, but like, The, the memes that have been kind of circulating, like the I choose violence or I'm choosing violence, which I love, but I feel like we've been choosing violence for so mm-hmm. long that we don't know what peace looks like. Hello, um, come right? on. You know, and like, that's scary because it's not the norm and anything that lives outside of the norm is very much a, 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 
a, a scary thing for us to sit with, you know. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think the work, and I think, and, and I can, I feel like I can speak for both of us. The work, like in spaces that you create, that I create, is really about what does it look like on the other side of that, you mm-hmm. know? Ooh, yes. What does it look like? And also, like to see yourself as the recipient and inheritor of those things that you already imagined could be. Mm, yeah, to like sure. not see your, like, I feel like, I mean, this is like <laughs> flashback to like my, um, when I was a super pious, you know, ex-gay evangelical and I was trying really, mm. really hard to, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be like Moses and I'm going to go back with my fabulous stuff and I'm going to like <laughs> set all these homosexuals free. Um, but like, I was like, no, I'm not Moses. I, I am I am the children of Israel. I am the one who's being mm. led. And yeah. I need to recognize that like there are people who have gone before me who actually have laid a foundation to allow mm. me to imagine yes. that my life could be better. And yeah. I feel like I owe it to my, you know, to my ancestors, to my grandparents who never knew rest. Mm. Um you know, to my father, you know, God rest his soul, who also just like, he was an asshole in life, but just like he never rested yeah. himself. Yeah. And it's because he was 29 years military, he believed in an American dream, yada, yeah. yada, yada. Yeah. And so it's like, I have the space now. And just like, and mm. it might not be a lot of space, Yeah. but it is enough space for me to take a 30 minute nap in the afternoon. Absolutely, absolutely. And, that, and, and, and I think that acknowledgement of our, of our forefathers and mothers and and, mm-hmm. and 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 non-binary individuals who have kind of laid the groundwork for us to show up to mm-hmm. it and this is not a judgment but i think we do we do ourselves a great disservice mm-hmm. by trying to um by trying to move in a way that doesn't acknowledge the work that's already been handed to us yes right? and and like it, it makes me think about parents and parenting styles a lot when you think about the, the conversations that I think I've been having that, that I've been having recent that that've been going on recently with um, it, it's it's like you know I struggled and suffered so you have to struggle and suffer like yes. I had to cut I had to mow the lawn you know for in 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 three feet of snow while it was raining hell mm-hmm. hell and hail. You know, you need to do the same thing. And it's like, we we do the work so that our the generations that come after us don't have to do as much work, mm-hmm. you know? And and so for me, that's also been like, when I think about the space that I'm trying to to, 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 to curate for my family, and not just like my, my, my partner and my children and my co-parent, but like my community, it is creating work. So like when I think about my nephew doing, I've gone through the fire so he doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. He's gonna have his own fires to put out because yeah. he's a human being, but Let I don't not his, be the same. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't have to be and it shouldn't, you know, mm-hmm. if we're doing the work correctly, right. I think. And and so that's the you know, when 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 I hear you talk, that's what it makes me think about. Cause like mm-hmm. also when we think about those who came before us, it's not just the the the, the genealogical aspect of that, mm-hmm. but then also again like the ancestral, like the, when I think of my ancestors, I think of writers. I think of mm-hmm. Toni Morrison, right? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like I think of those who have laid the groundwork, like the, the Audrey Lords of the world, the Octavia Butlers. Like hello, hello. you know, and, and even the elders who are still here. Um for me it's very much recognizing that that work was done so that I have the ability 
to lean into my blackness and my humanity and write about it, you know, and write about it in, in comfort, you know, mm-hmm. in relative comfort, you know, like there's a privilege here, you know what I'm For saying? Sure. Like I was, like, I, I was thinking about this, this morning and like a poem I was trying to write. Cause the idea that I can wake up and not have to worry about being bombed, you know, that is a privilege, yes. you know, like that is a, yes. that is a privilege that I need to be aware of. Like I'm looking outside in Brooklyn, people are walking freely, like in a, a block that feels like their own, like they have mm-hmm. ownership of it. Like there are people who do not, don't have that luxury. And so right. if I'm not aware of that privilege, it is very easy for me to forget those who laid their lives on a line in order for me to have this privilege to begin with, mm-hmm. you know? And I, that right there, that acknowledgement is, I think, A, it's like the acknowledgement, and then I think a lot of people, again, I work with a lot of white folks, is like, they get so caught up in that, that where they're just like, well, I don't know what to do. I was just like, I just got, I just was born into this, and I just, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, my friend, yeah. like, there's nothing to do. It's just like, A, just examine it, see it, and then ask, what what is mine to do now? Who am, who, is who, who is mine to help? Who is my mother? Mm-hmm. Who is my brother? Who is my sister and father? So and that is so Christian, right? It's like it's so like, it's fucking very, simple. It's not hard to articulate, but it is hard when it come when it feels like your privilege is now being brought to question. And a thing about privilege, it, it, it I I can understand why people are in fear of having to acknowledge their privilege because privilege comes with power, and mm. no one wants to give up power, like whether it be the president of the United States, president of a company that they've helped build. Mm-hmm. Like, president we, I think, like, like it's, there are, there are so many, there are so many instances where power dictates how people maneuver in the world. And so mm-hmm. we acknowledging the privilege is us just being able to say, I, I, I benefit from something. And how do I ensure that the rest of my community does so? Which again is very Christian. Yeah. You know, when we look at when we look at how Jesus walked with the earth, Hello. you know, it was like there was nothing more like Jesus recognized the privilege in in his power. You know, mm-hmm. and it and I think it translated into how he showed up for the community. You know, mm-hmm. whether whether you were a sex worker or a leper, it didn't really matter. You know, like mm-hmm. I have something to offer to you. So here you, here you go, mm-hmm. you know, privilege. Yes. And then also like you saying, it's like Jesus approached everybody exactly the same, including like the story that comes to mind. God, I'm such a fucking, I got my degree in Christian practical theology. So I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but the story of um, Zacchaeus, the tax collector, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. someone yeah, yeah. in power who apparently was also just like, you know, he was, I believe he was a Jew. But like he was a Jew yeah. working for the Don't Romans. Get me to, yeah, yeah. Don't so like levels, that, levels, yeah. levels. But then yeah. Jesus says like, "Hey, I'm going to come to your house today." And then basically, Jesus is like, "What are you going to do about this?" It's like people tell me <laughs> shit, and he's like, "Well, I guess I'm going to pay back everything." And so it's like, even for like, I, I, it's one of those things. I look at people in power, and because of that story, I'm just like, "There's hope." I but like the thing is, if you if you're the person in power, and you can't, like, when Jesus said, you got to see it in all these other people. You got to, like, when mm. you help the homeless, when you help the widow, mm. when you, like, that was for me. Yeah. But just, like, and yeah. that's where, like, I think, like, Zacchaeus came to a forefront. Is just like, oh, my goodness, you're right. Yeah. This is fucked yeah. up. 
But yeah. until people are willing to recognize they were, they've been fucking up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing is like people equate, uh, the admittance of their, mm-hmm. their sins with yep. damnation or condemnation when really yep. the admittance of sin or like the confession of sin just is just saying, Hey, I want to confess. I want to change my mind. I want to repent. And then forgiveness. I'm back in forgiveness. Mean, be, meaning I'm just coming back to home. I'm coming back to the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry to get yeah. theological and like, no, no, that's great. Buff. No, no. Not because like, I think what you're that a, what you're talking about is bringing folks closer to God or to whatever the mm-hmm. image of God is. Right, 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 also right. sharing that, 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 that story. I recognize very much how Jesus is holding the guys accountable. Yes. Which I think There's is accountability, a, which, is, which right. It's in, I think America, America has done a very poor job of holding itself accountable. Other yes. others have tried to, um, and I think when people ask when will America change, uh, it will. America will change when America decides to reckon with its past, Hello. and it doesn't. In doing that, is admitting sin. It's admitting like there have mm-hmm. been sins, there have been trans- transgressions against people, and. It is very easy to say, like, I wasn't there for it or mm-hmm. it happened before my time. And Look how far we've come. And it's like, if you're not, if you can't willfully acknowledge what America was built upon or you're continuing or we're all we're really doing is continuing to build um, a home on 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 a very shitty foundation. Mm-hmm. And at one point, at a certain point in time, that foundation is going to crumble. I don't know when, but it's. That's what happens. Listen, you know? this, America is a house built on sand. The storm is here, baby. Like, global, like Miami's going to sink. Like she's yeah. <laughs> gone. Bye. Hello. <laughs> um, I want to I want to shift ever so slightly just to ask yeah. about your practices, because yeah. that's something I focus on a lot with my clients and my work and just with other people is asking, mm-hmm. how's your practice? What are you doing? So like for you, daily practices, like you got any lunar cycle practices what you got <laughs> nah nah i'm not that dude Kevin. but i think um meditation you know uh not as often as i'd like to when we talk about a daily practice but i think practicing gratitude is probably probably my greatest practice mm-hmm. something that that i do daily um because of the weather is warming up walking like walking mm-hmm. therapy is very much a, a thing for me like no music in my ears just kind of very much focused on my breathing, on walking, and really taking in the environment, um, the, the the sounds and sights of New York, because it's such a glorious um, being. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just, I mean, those are really it. You know, like it's, my my mindfulness practice, I think is a, is a combination of all those things. And so mm-hmm. it is being, it's it's trying to be as hyper aware as possible. And, that, and that's not all the time, but like when I'm focusing on my breath, when I'm focusing on how I'm engaging with people in the community, when I'm being intentional and thinking about not just how I'm showing up, or, but how I'm speaking to people, how I'm delivering and conveying a message. And um, like all those things are aligned with my mindfulness practice. And so mm-hmm. that for me is the thing. Like, and that is, a, that is very much my everyday showing up in the world. You know, I don't get it right all the time. Nobody does, but mm-hmm. That is very much uh, like my my well being is contingent on that, and I know when I'm not doing it. 
I can tell when I'm just oh, kind of yeah. coasting, right? Like I'm kind of just going through the motions, which is very much um, anti me. <laughs> going through the motions is not a thing that I um, enjoy or like to sit in. It's a space mm-hmm. that I sat in for a number of years um, in my young adult in my young adult years. But um, it's really mindfulness and gratitude, mm-hmm. um, the two ways in for me on a daily basis. Mm. That's brilliant. And it's so, when you were saying like, uh, I can tell when I'm not doing it, same. It's like, so yeah. when I was when I was in school, um, I got my undergrad in music and like my professor oh, cool. would always say like, if I don't practice one day, I can tell a little bit. If I don't practice two days, I can definitely mm. tell. If I, don't, if I don't practice for three days and I come back, there's there's just something different. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like, the thing is like, a practice whether if it is just as something as simple as gratitude Mm -hmm. or as simple as breathing um that the work of like creating the container for which peace can be filled and you can like just be Mm -hmm. in it yeah that's the stuff and it's it can be um something of course in miracles says because i'm of course in miracles kind of girl is that just like (laughs) if i am not at peace something has gone wrong I've forgotten mm. who I am. I've forgotten where I am. Yeah. And yeah. so yeah, I love that. I love that. whenever I think about like, you know, if I'm, if I'm knocked off my center, if I'm not at peace, something has gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Let me reset. Think about what happened. You know, yeah. what is, what is yeah. causing me to stress out so much that like, I would give up a moment in the presence of, of love of myself, you know? Mm. And, yeah. it, you know, it does take time. And also like this m- past Monday, Last week, I was like, okay, I'm planning a tour. Gonna do this. Gotta get this done. You know, yeah. I went into, like, over-function mode and just, yeah. you know, would do, like, five mm-hmm. minutes of meditation. Okay, now I gotta get into work. But yeah. but then, yeah, like, Monday yeah, yeah. came around and kicked my ass to the curb. Yeah. And I like, was like, all right, I hear you. Let mm-hmm. me come back. And as soon as I stopped, I was actually able to get things done. As soon yeah. as I slowed down, yeah, I could see the way out. Yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah, I just, uh, I want that for more people. And I, I think yeah. that's like your presence on the internet, your work, your words. I think you give it to a lot of people. And I'm so, uh, so yeah, thankful. You. Like seriously, you. like you are a uh, a good reminder for so many people to just be gentle and easy. And that is, uh, that's the, that's the, that's good. That's healing. That's the, and that's the, that's the fruit, man. You know, we. Hello. I, you know, and again, like I was telling you earlier, you know, I'm, when I'm saying these things, I'm telling, I'm reminding myself first, you know, like it's, when it's a, a good preacher always preaches to themselves first. Come on. You know, man. like this is the, this is the work that I need for me. And like, even, you know, like part of like, even when I'm talking about the practice, part of that is also sharing, um, sharing um, space and time with those who are also doing the work. So like, even mm-hmm. this conversation for me has been healing because it, it yeah. is a reminder of like, okay, where else am I, am I being as still um, as I can be? And even like, you know, Marianne Williamson for, for all her, for her zaniness at times, like mm-hmm. Course of Miracles is a wonder when we're talking about how to show up in love and using mm-hmm. utilizing love as a practice and peace, right? And if I'm not at peace, recognizing that something is off, what is off? Um, and cause a lot of us are kind of, unfortunately walking around in this space and in circles because we're not aware that things are off, you know? And I think that's actually oh, been the, yes. that's yeah. been the biggest thing for me right now. And it's, you know, when, when 
when we're talking about like your audience, right? Uh, I think what I, the conversations I've been having recently has been surrounding who my audience is and who my audience isn't. And do I want to focus on those who are not aware of what needs to be shifted in their world? Like there are those who are practicing misogyny, misogyny, or who are practicing ableism, who are practicing, you know, xenophobia, homophobia, transphobia, all these other things that are dangerous to our community as a whole. Mm-hmm. And what I'm what I'm realizing, and it's a scary realization for me, and I'm not, it's not fully developed yet, but I think and I've said it before, it's like my job isn't to convert racists into anti-racist because that's not going to happen. My job is to mm-hmm. give anti-racist bigger bullhorns, right? Like that for me has always kind of been the thing. But it's it's a sad thought to have to think that there are people who not are irredeemable, you know, because I think everyone is redeemable, mm. but I think people have to want to show up for the work. No, it right. didn't take everybody on the boat, right? Like not like not everyone made that ride. And so I mm. think there are a lot of folks who we have to figure out a way for like when we talk about abolition and restorative justice, which I think restorative justice is the part that gets least talked about, but it's probably to me the most important. Hello. Like how do we how do we forgive? How do we hold people accountable and hold their feet to the fire while also forgiving them, right? Very much when we look at again to like from from like the theology perspective like how are we mm-hmm. forgiving the sin like acknowledging the sin while also forgiving it i think a lot about those who are like street harassers or cat callers those who are mm-hmm. rapists those who are yes those right. who are trump supporters like Jesus. people and like i like the people who are harming communities mm-hmm. um and not to say that we need to automatically bring them back into the world but the no. idea that i can't change that person because they are very unaware and i can't i'm not going to mm-hmm. argue with them because they're not in a space to receive what the message is right so my job is to like get with the kevins of the world get with Mm -hmm. the others in the world who are doing the work and mobilize us give us more money to do more things Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day capitalism sucks but it's also here and yeah at least until our children rise up and create the socialist paradise of my dreams (laughs) (laughs) and it's and it's and it that's it it's gonna take it's gonna take more than like the the activists and the and and queer and black Twitter standing up in solidarity like there's a large portion of America that is anti a lot of the things that we're standing up for like a large portion a you know and I think portion and I think it's easy to forget that because so many of us are enclaved in our circles of support while we're seeing the trauma we're also mm-hmm. like but we're here we're mobilizing your grandma isn't your great mm. uncle doesn't care. Like mm. maybe your nephew doesn't care. But like there are people who are very much who aren't mobilized but don't care. But there are people who aren't aware but maybe want to care. And like I can focus my energy on them, and I can focus my energy on the people who are already showing up. Right. You know. So like that's what I get I, I, all that full circle is like when I think about people who show up to like my my IG lives and stuff, and it's the folks who are doing the work, which I love. But it's like man, I want the brother who doesn't who who is catcalling who yes you know like showing up but they they're not going to because they're not aware of it being a problem Mm -hmm. and like how do you communicate that to them that it's a problem and then and have them care about it Mm -hmm. you know repetition becomes a thing like we have to repeat the same messages over and over again to those and then Mm -hmm. some of that is like figuring out what is the equal balance of dealing with that while also sharing space for those who are already doing the work which Mm -hmm. is 
essentially me brain dumping all of this onto you right now. But Listen, that's where my brain is right now. That's the same question I have, and that is, that is, can, yeah. <laughs> I shrugged my shoulders like, yes, this, yeah. those are things yeah. we all need to figure the fuck out because it is, yeah. because I feel like, like this summer I'm going on tour. I'm gonna go. I'm awesome. driving around the U.S. I'm very excited. And I'm mostly excited because it's like for the first time for some of these people, they're going to be in the same room for the same time, or at least in the same space with one another. Yeah, yeah. People who all have these same ideas and like, you can organize religion around the right thing, you know, mm. and even people mm. across different religious mm. lines. Yes, um, yes, for sure. And I think that's, that's the opportunity that many of us are excited. I don't know. That's what I'm looking forward to in the in the coming months. I like that. I, I don't want to keep you because I um, a I am back to back podcast calls today. Apparently, I'm very um, industrious today. <laughs> um, Indeed, but on thank a Saturday, you. no less. I know with my with my mother coming in town, just yeah. truly just. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I did know earlier this week. I said I've said yes to too many things recently. We're gonna mm. so like I love I love that. Yeah. So we've uh, I love you no- scaling it, not like saying yes to too many things. The other part. Like, yeah. Being like let's talk about. Yeah, but gotta, I got to come back on that. So next week is a lot more restful. Um, Good. Before I hang up, please tell me or tell humans who are going to listen to this uh, where they can find you, your work, etc. Yeah, um, fairly simple. I am Joel Leon on Instagram. Um, on Twitter, it's Joel, a.k.a. M as in Mary, A as in Apple, G as in Great. Um, Joel, a.k.a. Mag. Mag used to be my rap name. Another whole conversation. For the um, second time, we we do VH1 yeah. behind the music. <laughs> I missed that so much. Um, the unplugged sessions on MTV too. Oh, Shoot, man. yeah, yeah. I have I have the um, Nirvana unplugged sessions um, vinyl here because it's my favorite. Do you uh, have the fun. unplugged Lauren Hill sessions? No, I was trying. I actually tried to buy those and I can I didn't see them anywhere. I'm gonna like Tower Records still sells records digitally, so I'm gonna. Do- mm-hmm. I had signed up to let them notify me when it becomes available. I you know yet but when i do i'll let you know um thank you you. (laughs) but um no like you know the pretty much those 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 are the places where you can find not just the affirmations but my bio and stuff is hyperlinked in there so you can get the myebony.com weekly column shows up in that and in in that bio work um my medium.com writing show up there the music stuff shows up there um the books show up there as well so i'm not hard to find if you search joel leon on Google, I, I come up pretty quickly. So, got any other things you want to promote? Any other upcoming events? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, we don't have a date yet, but I mean, if people are tuning into the channels, to the social channels, my myself and uh, my my bestie Arthur Lewis are going to be performing live in front of actual human beings again, which is nice. Um, at Rockwood Music Hall here in New York, um, towards sweet. the end of June, which we're really excited about. You know, working on the essay collection, um, which will hopefully. Um, be in a Barnes and Noble near you um, in a year or so. Still very much WIP work in progress, but mm. um, you know it's you know the work is happening. You know, yeah. So, what a treat you are, Joel. Uh, You're thank you. Like thank seriously, you. I uh, it's very few times I can uh, bat ideas around like this with people who like I feel like I'm like wow, like we're. It's juicy and fun, so I'm I'm really grateful. So thank you. Same, same. This is this has been great. This has been great, Kevin. So thank you for having me. Thank you for
That was my conversation with Joel Leon. If you want to follow this amazing human, you can follow him across the internet at I am Joel Leon on Instagram. Uh, and then check out his website. All the stuff is there. Joelle, thank you so much for coming on the show. What a treat, what a dream. And I cannot wait to hang out in real life when the world is a little bit more accessible, you know, and not so Delta variant-ish. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you for you, to you, listener, for listening to the show. If you like the show, please go ahead and like, share, subscribe, the whole nine yards. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review so that we can get higher up on the charts. Because guess what? The charts are still dominated by bullshit, asshole, spiritual people who actually aren't doing anything or saying anything of value. You know what I'm saying? All them crit chins. Um, hashtag not all Christians. But that's a conversation for a different time. Anyways, um, do do me a favor and do that. And again, if you want to support the show and you want to get in on some dope community, please go to patreon.com slash Garcia and learn how you can become a part of the spiritual reformation community and support this work and the work of so many others like us. Um, if you want to follow all my friends at Irreverent Media, that's the podcast collective that I'm a part of, and we are doing some big things at Wild Goose this year. I hope that you'll be joining us there, my good bitches. It's going to be phenomenal. Again, all the information about tour, about Wild Goose, all that shit, you can find it at thekevingarcia.com slash tour. If you're not following me across social media, I mean, I honestly don't know how you find how you found my podcast, but if you're not, I'm across social media at the Kevin Garcia. If you haven't purchased my book, it's called Bad Theology Kills. I hope you'll pick it up. It's a pretty good book. It's sold over 2,500 copies. And uh, so, yeah, I would say it's pretty good. It's pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I love you. I think it's all I've got. So until next time, my friends, please take your meds, call your person, shake your ass a little bit, eat something delicious. And... Um, you know, I hope that uh, you find some music that you really enjoy. I've been listening to Jenny Lewis's old album from like 2015. Rabbit Fur Coat is, that's my personal recommendation. That shit still slaps. Um, and I also don't know how I didn't see me coming, listening to all this anarchy music back in the day. Anyways, I love you. I hope you have a really, really stellar week. Um, rest of your week, weekend, wherever you're listening to this. I hope you're just doing stellar. I love you. See you next time. Bye.